Welcome to InsureTech Bytes, the podcast for the future of insurance. We're bringing you the latest developments in insurance with exclusive interviews with the industry's trailblazers. No hype, no pie in the sky. We want to know what's on your mind. Tweet us at fintech underscore futures or hashtag InsureTechRising. Hi, I'm Ushi Merens, and welcome to this episode of InsureTech Bytes, where we'll be talking to Julian Taika, who is the co-founder and CEO of WeFox. So, hello, Julian. Thank you for joining us. Very happy. Thank you. So, um, for anybody who doesn't know, can you give us a little bit of a, an introduction to WeFox? So, what pain points does uh, WeFox address, and for whom? So, for us, um, the biggest challenge in uh, looking at the insurance space was how do we overcome the problem of even get even getting in touch with customers uh, because customers in insurance um, they don't they don't care uh, insurance is a push product um, and it will never be a sexy product um, so the largest uh, challenge for new players in the insurance landscape is how do I actually become relevant for um, uh, customers and um, that's why we have analyzed um, the sales um, uh, Channels of insurance, um, and I found something very significant. Fifty um, percent of all insurance sales globally are done via the independent broker. Um, only nine percent are digital, um, direct business, and around forty-one percent is uh, is by agents. Um, so nobody really cares about the brokers and how they can manage their customers in a digital age. So we were really the first ones to tackle that problem and to develop a solution um, that allows brokers to manage uh, their entire customer base uh, in a very, very efficient and modern way. Um, so essentially uh, what uh, we have achieved um, now is we have uh, gained around 150,000 customers uh, in the last two years. Um, as a comparison, um, Allianz, the market leader in our area, has grown by around 60 to 70,000 customers uh, last year. Um, so we are acquiring a massive amount of customers at very low customer acquisition costs because we go via the broker. Um, and the major pain point that we're solving for the broker is, number one, uh, the broker is doing a lot of administrative work without uh, any technology and is driving to his customers, consulting his customers. So we're uh, reducing his administrative work completely. So we take care of all of the first-level requests that come in um, via a, an application, and a mobile app from the customer. Um, so the broker doesn't need to worry about this. Um, then we're also uh, making sure that all of the admin things are taken over by our team or our technology, and we are drastically reducing his revenue. So he just focuses on consultation, um, and we focus on making appointments for him, uh, on preparing these appointments with the best offers, so he doesn't even have to do that, uh, on him getting in touch with his customer via video conference instead of uh, driving to the customer, and then taking care of all of the admin after the consultation. Um, so we're um, increasing uh, the revenue and the efficiency of the broker quite tremendously. And in the end, we're creating loyal customers for the broker. Um, and that's why uh, we now have around 600 brokers that are using our technology. Uh, and we have around 900 brokers that are on the waiting list um, that want to join our platform. And we're currently prioritizing by 
who are the most relevant uh, brokers to get on our platform ASAP um, so they can also uh, get their customer relationships into the digital age. That's really interesting, um, the approach you've taken, because we've seen that a lot of the excitement around kind of digital transformation and insure tech, there's been a lot of focus, uh, or, you know, it's kind of simply assumed that, you know, this kind of shift towards tech-driven, mobile-first distribution and engagement uh, will kind of spell the end for agents and brokers. So it's really interesting to hear uh, what motivated you to build uh, the business around them. Um, so, but turning to the growth that you mentioned, you know, some really impressive kind of statistics there, you know, the, the impressive rate which Refox is growing. Um, what have been the biggest challenges in scaling the business? Well, the biggest challenge uh, has always been and still is um, really understanding the needs of the broker. Um, uh, so the broker is not the digital first type. Um, so uh, we really had to get um, knowledge from the old world on board um, uh, to develop a product that actually suits the needs of the broker and is super easy to handle um, and uh, really can be easily adopted by people that usually are not um, uh, close to technology and use technology in their daily lives. Um, and that has created another challenge, which is how do you build a startup um, with a startup culture um, if, you have, uh, if, you're, if you rely on the experience from the old world and need to integrate into your organization uh, managers um, that have worked the last 30 years within insurance companies or insurance distribution companies. So that's a culture clash. Um, and we're trying to work on this every single day and to let the two cultures breathe um, uh, and connect the dots. Um, but that's really the biggest challenge. And then, of course, an operational challenge is how do we uh, handle the demand. Um, so how can we get all of the brokers onboarded ASAP? So the biggest challenge here is the data of the brokers currently is in, in legacy CRM systems or in Excel sheets. And uh, this is a pretty tough task for our operations team when onboarding a broker to get all of that customer data uh, uploaded into our system in a structured way. Um, so that's more like an operational challenge. Interesting. I'm kind of thinking about kind of um, the the growth of InsureTech more broadly. You know, we've seen what kind of um, important roles partnership and collaboration um, have played for a number of InsureTechs to scale, and particularly in Europe. Can you tell us a bit about the partnerships you've developed with the likes of Ergo, for example, and um, what they have enabled you to do at WeFox? Yeah. Um, so uh, the vision of WeFox um, is to become uh, what, what Amazon has become for retail. Um, so if you we, if we think back 20 years, um, sales meetings at manufacturers would go, all right, so what's our sale, uh, sales numbers in offline? Um, today, the sales meetings go like, okay, what's our uh, sales numbers in offline? What's our sales numbers in, in our own online channels? And what's our sales numbers in Amazon? So Amazon is part of every sales meeting of a manufacturer because it has become such a significant sales channel. And this is really what we want to um, develop for our partners, the insurance companies. So we're currently uh, working together with 315 insurance companies, um, and we want to give them access to the strongest sales channel in insurance globally, which is the broker sales channel, in a digital and much easier uh, way. Um, and here we have a couple of, we call them innovation partners, global brands um, that like Ergo, um, like Zurich Insurance, 
Um, and these companies have committed to integrate deeply into um, the WeFox platform um, to increase their sales numbers via an increased customer experience and broker experience on our platform. So just very quickly, um, what we have developed is something we call the NextGen API, which is a new standard um, for integrating um, contracts of insurance companies into the WeFox app, of integrating offers in real time uh, into the WeFox app, uh, payments um, so that customers can pay uh, the products via the WeFox app, and claims uh, handled in a much better way directly in the WeFox app for all integrated partners. Um, and in return, what these companies will receive is an optimized rating uh, uh, concerning customer experience. Um, and that flows into the algorithm uh, on which products are in the end offered to the broker uh, because the broker uh, is um, uh, clear and uh, understands that uh, the future is really about customer experience of insurance products rather than just price and product quality. Um, so he puts a big focus, as much as the customer, on customer experience. So the better integrated these partners are into the WeFox platform, the more they're recommended to brokers, uh, the more revenue they're going to generate. And that's the goal that we have with uh, our innovation partners. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of moving on to perhaps, um, you know, still talking about the idea of integration, you know, there was some exciting news recently um, in that WeFox has acquired um, a digital insurer, um, one. So maybe if you could just tell us a little bit about the rationale behind that, you know, what, why acquire one and what will owning it enable you to do differently? Well, so um, the advantage is clear. Um, it's the first fully integrated partner into the next-gen API of WeFox. Uh, so we're going to be releasing one um, in uh, September this year, um, and we're going to have just what I said, um, instant digitized contracts, offers via the WeFox app in real time, no paper involved, uh, payment via the WeFox app uh, for all products of one, and claims perfectly integrated. Thus, one is building a business case for insurance companies all around the globe, uh, showing them the advantages of deeply integrating into the WeFox uh, platform. Um, so the way that we want to use one um, in the WeFox group is that it's a innovation lab, um, and it's open and to all of our innovation partners. We actually um, explicitly invite our innovation partners. These are six companies right now out of the 315. Uh, we um, explicitly invite them to come to our office um, to check out the technology um, that one is using, to check out the algorithms that the claim handling is based upon, um, to check out all of the operations, and take whatever they want uh, or need into their own operations, because we know the advantages of launching Greenfield, and we want to share that knowledge uh, and make it public and thus work as a change agent for the entire industry. Hmm. And kind of the, in terms of the practicalities of having one um, on your platform, you know, how do you plan to maintain a balance uh, between offering one's products you know, versus those of the insurance partners that you mentioned? Well, um, so there's no conflict of interest because uh, WeFox is not selling the product. Um, it's the broker, uh, the independent broker, that sells the product. Um, of course, there's an algorithm in recommendation, recommending products um, to customers um, uh, prior to a sales consultation of a broker, 
So we usually uh, offer three different products. Um, and let's look at the way that products used to be chosen by the broker. Um, so it's mainly, uh, it was mainly based on the product quality. Uh, so there's a lot of rating companies uh, in every market and the price, right? Um, and in some cases, even the commission. Um, so now what we're adding to this um, is we are also going to recommend uh, objectively based on product quality and price and so one is in the competition against all other insurance companies. Um, and the third element that we're adding is the customer experience rating. So what we've done uh, over the last um, two years is really analyze all interactions that customers had with their insurance companies on our platform. So how fast did customers reply to a claim? How fast did they uh, react on the request? And it's around 144 variables that have flown into this rating. Um, and based on this rating, um, the products are recommended um, to, uh, to the brokers. So the better they're integrated, the more digital an insurance company is, the more they're going to be recommended. So it's a very objective algorithm um, that recommends products to the brokers. Um, and yes, uh, one is going to do well in terms of customer experience rating, um, and we aim to do well uh, in, in the other um, categories as well, um, but it's a very objective rating at the sale, uh, and the recommendation is with the broker. Mm. And so kind of coming back to the kind of value proposition of one um, for consumers, you know, you've mentioned that you want to reinvent insurance um, through one, focusing on things like customer centricity, customer engagement and empathy. And can you tell us a bit, heavy, a bit about how these principles kind of are manifested in practice? Yes. Um, so if we look at uh, these three elements that you mentioned, um, uh, customer centricity, customer engagement, empathy, um, I think these are three elements that the insurance industry altogether is doing really, really badly. Um, and um, in terms of customer engagement, for us, it's super uh, important, sorry, customer centricity, it's super important that the entire product is designed for the customer and not the actuary, um, that the onboarding goes very smooth, um, that the choice of the right product goes very smooth and is explained in the, lang in the language that everybody understands. You don't have to be an expert. Um, that the payment goes very smooth. In terms of, of customer engagement, uh, we want to enable a super easy and real-time update of each policy. Um, so when something in your life changes, it's not a big process of changing the policies. Um, it's just simply turning on uh, or off uh, certain um, coverages. Um, and also, um, we have developed for the customer engagement a concept for giving back, uh, which means the core of insurance is really um, something communal. Uh, so we're, we all like each other. We're putting money into the middle in case one of us doesn't do so well. Um, but what happens if we all do well, right? So today there's a guy in a black suit running into the middle, taking the money and running away. Uh, but that's not what insurance is supposed to be. Um, so that whole element of giving back, uh, we have developed a concept that incentivizes positive individual behavior, like, for example, a claim-free month. And so we're going to interact with the customer and give him something back. Uh, when he recommends friends, thus increases the amount of people in our community, he's going to receive points. And we're going to be adding new events to this point system 
all the time. Um, and then once per year, you're going to be able to cash out and choose, do I want to use the money that I have uh, gained back for A, cash back on my account, B, uh, for reduction of premium, or C, um, for a good cause um, that uh, one recommends, so a charity. Um, so uh, this, this is the whole topic of customer engagement and then empathy. That's the last point. It's about, A, let's make the moment of truth really customer-centric. This is the service delivery uh, of insurance. This is why you have paid. Um, so uh, instead of making it a terrible experience for uh, the customer, let's make it really smooth and easy. And this is what we're going to be measured against. How happy are the people after they made a claim? And we're aiming at automizing as much as possible and de-bureaucratizing the entire claim process. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, that would resound with a lot of um, customers who've kind of been on, obviously, as you say, the receiving end of kind of that kind of um, bureaucratic claims process. But I mean, thinking about um, value-added services, um, what, or what, what's kind of in the pipeline or what are you thinking about developing on top of the proposition that you've just mentioned? Um, so, so I'm going to be personally responsible for uh, what I call the data stream. Um, so um, the vision of, of one is to truly reinvent um, insurance. Um, and I uh, believe that um, data collected from sensors all around us is going to completely change the customer experience in insurance. Um, so today the customer experience is I am active in the beginning, uh, I answer questions, and uh, I'm passive in the experience, um, because I don't care, right? Uh, so the future of insurance, and that's what I will be pushing, and we already have the first features in the pipeline that will come very, very soon, is going to be we don't need to ask you any questions um, because your connected devices already tell us, um, and you're passive at the beginning. But then insurance will become something really, really active. It will make uh, risk that happens around you, very transparent. And it's going to make it so transparent that it becomes a basis for decision-making. So it becomes more like a life coach. Um, so insurance will tell you what things are good for you and what things are bad for you. And it will tell you not just based on experience or gut feeling, it will tell you about actual data that's collected around you. Um, so... Uh, this is the future uh, of insurance, um, and the first uh, feature um, that we are uh, releasing um, is coming this year, um, which is not at all going to have an impact on the underwriting piece. Um, but it's going to, just via geolocation, make transparent to our customers what risks they're facing in their life and how ca- they can better protect from risks. Mm. Like, do you have any examples of what kinds of risks that would kind of be used um, based on that data? So we're working together with uh, an amazing company here. Um, not yet ready to announce, mm-hmm. um, but um, the really important thing that needs to be mentioned here is that one will never be in possession of data. Mm. Um, so uh, we are working with an independent intermediary uh, who puts the data ownership uh, back into the hands of the customer. Um, And one will only be informed about very transparent triggers. Mm. 
about state changes um, in uh, the uh, life of the consumer, but will never ever own the data because I think this would be a big mistake if insurance companies would own the data collected from all connected devices. But um, to talk about the use cases, uh, so it's it's pretty amazing um, what you can uh, what type of risk relevant data you can just figure out about geolocation uh, or geolocation. So, for example, very quickly. Um, uh, our partner uh, knows where you live and where you work. And they very quickly know what the distance between work and your home. Mm. Uh, and the farther away, the more risky your way to work is. And they know how many steps you take. Um, and uh, they know uh, in which area you're currently in. Um, so whether this is a common area or an area that you don't know so well. So this has an impact on risk. Uh, in the future... Uh, if you go into a fitness studio, there will be geofenced. Uh, so um, the partner knows how much time are you spending uh, at a fitness studio. This will be positive um, for your risk score. Mm. Um, we also know uh, how 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 many hours are you sleeping, and how many uh, hours are you working. Um, and based on uh, the amount of sleep you get or the the work you do your risk score is impacted. So it's, it's pretty much an endless list. Really important, um, there is no um, uh, access um, to that data by one. And this is stored uh, in a decentralized technology of a partner, and the only one who owns that data is the customer. And the customer can at any point delete all data um, and has a complete transparency about what the, not the data, but triggers about state changes are used for on one. And we're actually far away from having that influence the underwriting piece. Um, so in the beginning, it's just information and showing how we can actually add value to the decisions and behavior of our consumers by making the risk around them transparent. So it has no impact on pricing or whatever. Really interesting to see how that develops, in particular around the kind of whole debate um we're kind of doing a cultural discussion around um, data privacy and ownership it'll be really interesting to see um you know how people perceive and kind of engage with that service as it develops um so you've mentioned um one aspect of um, your role that you're focusing on now in terms of the data stream but you know following the acquisition of one and now that you're the kind of group ceo of wefox group um how will your role change um from previously so um, we're, we, we have hired an amazing uh, CEO uh, of, of One, um, so the guy that has launched the company, Stefan. Um, so um, he is responsible for executing the business operation. He has his very own vision uh, and strategy, um, and, uh, and he's responsible for execution at One. And we're in the process of um, hiring uh, something similar senior for, for WeFox, um, that has a clear uh, vision and strategy for the WeFox platform. Um, and both of them will be reporting to me. Um, but I will put a big focus on them uh, being separate um, and also fighting mm. for their own interests. Uh, because I, I want to simulate um, the relationship of WeFox with uh, uh, any insurance company in the collaboration with one. Because only if we mm. are able to um, innovate uh, between WeFox and One um, uh, as separate entities. We're able to use that knowledge for 
uh, innovating um, the integration of any other insurance companies with the Refox platform. So that will be very important to me. And then uh, I will very much focus on on the vision, uh, on on the long term strategy, uh, on on the quarterly strategy, breaking it down. But that's pretty much my uh, my only kind of operational involvement. And I will be focusing, of course, on mm. the investor relationship and representation. Uh, but it's a very different role for me because I'm I'm the operations guy usually. Uh, I like to be in the detail, mm. uh, but I'm learning um, that um, I need very strong people around me, people that are much stronger than me to to execute um, mm. uh, our vision. Absolutely. So, I mean, kind of thinking about that kind of strategic lens, um, you know, what are your priorities for the near term and where do you see the kind of greatest opportunities for growth? So, in terms of the WeFox platform, um, it's definitely um, adding more and more value for the broker and reducing uh, the time he spends uh, with any admin work and uh, smoothing out uh, the um, uh, consultation process with the customer. So we're uh, going to be releasing um, new video conference features um, that uh, can also be and then um, actually uh, done on, on the app itself, on the mobile app. And so you will have your broker in video on the mobile app and he can, during the consultation, take control over your app and you can really have, a, have an insurance consultation wherever you are. Um, so, um, so it's all about features that improve uh, the broker experience and improve the relationship between the broker uh, and the customer. Um, and for one, it's getting the thing off the ice and kicking it off. Um, I'm super duper excited. Uh, I, I know what we have planned for the short and long term, but really right now, there's just that one priority of of having an amazing launch. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I suppose kind of a closing question, you know, obviously because um, WeFox um, would be a bit of a success story in terms of um, European InsurTech and kind of Germany in particular. Um, I wonder, you know, what are your views on how the German InsurTech scene is developing as you're based in Berlin? I think it's super interesting. So uh, insurance um, tech has been mainly in distribution um, and uh, then mainly... Uh, or many, many players have realized, wow, it's very difficult uh, to run a venture case with uh, acquisition costs that are this high. Um, so that, that first wave of intertech startups um, has uh, kind of lost its optimism uh, and put on the, and bet on the wrong horse, uh, which is direct customer acquisition in distribution, which is, which is crazy. Um, uh, so um, a, lot of, a lot of these first wave companies are failing. Um, and what we see now is uh, an interesting trend. Um, more and more digital carriers um, are being are being launched. Um, and uh, from my opinion, they all have uh, a similar problem, uh, just on a bigger scale. Is how do you acquire customers? And and here I'm I'm really offering every intertech business um, that wants to sell their product uh, to customers in a cheap way to integrate into the WeFox platform because it's the most amazing sales channel um, for uh, digital carriers, greenfield carriers, whether they're started by um, a large company like Ergo started Mexico or Baloa started Friday or they're launched by a startup um, like Element from Finleap or Flipper um, or Koya. So, there's a lot of uh, it's a very it's a second wave coming now, much more sophisticated, 
much more knowledge in insurance, but they're also going to have a really difficult time. And then, of course, there's super many interesting players in the ecosystem that focus on a, on a, on a single part of the value chain. And there's some great innovation coming from it, but will they really make it? I think they will only make it if they start offering their or focus uh, on providing service to insurtechs, to agile units, because offering innovation um, uh, to large uh, corporates is a very, very long process um, because of the governance topics. And so this is going to make a lot of genius solutions just die um, because of the long lead cycle. Mm, yeah, of course. I mean, you hear plenty of stories about kind of startups kind of left um, stranded while they're up against kind of burn rate. And, you know, that's kind of a real common story around um, fintech more broadly. Um, but um, thanks very much for sharing your time um, with us, Julian. I'm looking forward to meeting you in uh, October. Yes, great. Looking forward. It's going to be after after my wedding, so I'm going to be a changed man. Ah, right. Well, <laughs> best <laughs> luck and congratulations. That's fantastic. And you can hear more from Julian at InsureTech Rising on the 16th of October in London, where he'll be delivering a keynote presentation on our opening morning. Um, we'll hear from plenty of other um, big names in InsureTech across the three days. Um, and we do hope you can join us. Thanks for listening to InsureTech Bytes, the podcast for the future of insurance. We want to know what's on your mind. Tweet us at fintech underscore futures or hashtag InsureTech Rising.